This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. It's the Blitz on a Monday, the Monday after the NFL draft. Plenty to get to, plenty to discuss. Arthur Motes, I feel like Willy Wonka. So much to do in so little time. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But somebody that we have time for, always have time for, usually this time on a Monday. How many times can I say time in a sentence? It's our buddy Chris Carter, our compadre, our amigo, one third of the Migos, Mr. Carter. Uh, You know his work from here, from there, from everywhere. Locked on Steelers podcast, WPXI, DK Pittsburgh Sports, SNR. It goes on and on and on. CC, what's up, cousin? What's up, fellas? Happy Monday to y'all. The draft is over. No more mock drafts. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, Chris, we were going to start the the, uh, the segment here and ask you on your mock draft for next year, oh, right? My I mean, goodness. give us your top Stop. five big boys. Get out of here. Stop I will it. hang up the phone Stop right now, Wes. <laughs> Chris, CC, plenty to get to. Uh, and you know what? We haven't talked to you since last week. So let's, hey, let's start at the top. Your boy, Kenneth Pickett. What's his middle name? Do you know his middle name? Chris, what's his middle name? Off the top of my head. <laughs> Kenneth J. Pickett. I'm going to go with it. It sounds like it would be right. Just throw the J on it. It just sounds real official. <laughs> uh, Chris, your reaction to Mr. Pickett staying next door and uh, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers 20th overall. I mean, outside of this being a great story for Kenny and a great story for Pittsburgh and the, and the, university, the university of Pittsburgh, I, I really do think these are the breadcrumbs that Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin were laying out. And, and like I said last week, they were laying out a lot of breadcrumbs. The, all the visits with Malik Willis, all their, they're talking about what they value in this, that, and the third. But this is what they do every year. They lay out so many breadcrumbs that you could follow a trail that they lay out and it could lead you to a dead end or a complete goose, a wild goose chase. But there's always a, a trend, a, 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 a way that if you guess it the right way, it will lead you to the pick that they eventually picked. And this year, it made so much sense. When I looked, when they picked Kenny Pickett, I thought back to all the things they were saying. Kevin Colbert has talked about accuracy, being important, being the field, being important. Mike Tomlin, on Monday, we asked him, he said one of the biggest things was being a leader, running into adversity, not running away from it, being competitive, stepping up in the big moments. That's all, that's Kenny Pickett to a T. And I'm sitting here, and I even tweeted that out. I was like, that sounds a lot like Kenny Pickett when he said that. And a lot of people were like, no, that's not Kenny Pickett because he didn't play in a bowl game. <laughs> and I'm just like, come on, man. Like, you, you got to get over that. And even with that, I still was like, I, I don't know if Kenny's going to be the pick because, I, I, one, I thought Kenny would go earlier. I thought he would go to the Panthers. I thought he'd be the first quarterback off the board, and we wouldn't even be talking about this. And when I was thinking about it, but as soon as I saw that picture of him with the phone to his head, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're, they're actually doing it. But it makes so much sense, guys, because all the time they were spending with Malik Willis and with Matt Corral and with Desmond Ritter and all this effort they were going into, they didn't know those guys. They had to spend time with those guys to get a sense of who they are. They never had to do that with Kenny because he's been with, it, with them in this building for the last five years. So it makes a whole lot of sense for why everyone's thinking, like, oh, wow, so the all the effort they put out in public was to all these other guys, but really their number one guy was there all along. And, again, they just disguised their breadcrumb trail very well. And uh, it's there. You see it now after the fact. But now it's too late. And Kenny Pickett is their QB1, and he's on their roster. I think they did a good job of doing that. I like it. I like it. Well, 
regardless of the breadcrumbs, um, I always want to know how you feel about it. Because, you know, when we talked uh, leading up to the draft, you were very adamant at times that you didn't want to take any quarterback. Um, And I just wanted to know, like, when you saw that it was Kenny, were you happy that that was the pick? Or would you have rather that they went a different direction? Well, if you also remember, Moats, I was also talking about trading up or Mm -hmm. or seeing if you could get Davis or Kyle Hamilton or, or any of those guys. The, the the two guys that I was th- maybe or maybe thinking that they could take over that position was going to be either Trent McDuffie because he was still around, maybe Andrew Booth Jr. But he went in the second round. Um, but when you, when you look at it, I mean, it's a different board than what I was expecting. I was thinking for sure at least one, maybe two quarterbacks would be off the board by the time the Steelers picked at twenty, and the better move for them would be to go trade up and get Jordan Davis, trade up and get Kyle Hamilton, hand up with the Ravens. That's a whole other story. Um, but I, am I happy with it? I, I am happy with the with what they were given available. I think that it's a very reasonable pick. Um, I'm not sure if it would have been my pick. I might have gone with Trip McDuffie because I really think the Steelers in this CB1. But I, I ain't mad at the Kenny Pickett. He's extremely accurate. He, to me, he was the most accurate, best processor of the field of this quarterback class. Um, and, again, I think that they could have waited till next year. With, with you know, And that was a big reason they signed Mitch Trubisky. In fact, we all talked about it on this show. You know, Mitch Trubisky is kind of a guy that makes it so that maybe you don't have to draft a Kenny Pickett. But if they think that he has the qualities to be their franchise quarterback, you take that shot up through the organization. I trust Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin to make that call. Shane, by the way. That's his mm. middle name. Kenneth Shane Pickett. Ah. There you go. You learn something new every day. Chris, do you expect I'm him? Back, you expect you expect him, <laughs> you expect him to start week one or if and if the answer is no, do you expect him to start shortly after, or do you really think there could be a a red shirt type season? I think they're going to have a really good competition. I, I listed it out on the Locked On Steelers podcast this morning. I'd go with like forty percent Mitch Trubisky, thirty five percent Kenny Pickett, twenty five percent Mason Rudolph. Mm. And I still wouldn't say Mason Rudolph's down and out. You know, they went and got two quarterbacks after him, and everyone's saying, "Oh, they're going to trade Mason Rudolph. They don't need him now." And I'm like, "Bruh." They said they were bringing forearms to camp. I don't care if they got Chris a lot of coon in the, in, 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 the, in the second round or the fourth or seventh round, excuse me. But like they, they got, they're bringing forearms to camp, and people seem to forget that just a three years ago, the Steelers had a situation where their number one quarterback went down for the season, the number two quarterback got clocked by Earl Thomas, and their number three quarterback was traded away because they thought they had the, the first two quarterbacks, and then they were left with Devlin Hodges for most of the season. So I don't think the Steelers want to be back in that situation. I think that they will happily take all three quarterbacks on their roster going into the season um, and, 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 and be happy with that situation. Now, when it comes to Kenny Pickett, I think that he's going to – I think that he can push Mason Rudolph to the background, but I do think that it's going to be a serious challenge for him and Mr. Trubisky. To me, Trubisky has a stronger arm. I don't think he's as accurate as Kenny Pickett, but both uh, Trubisky and Rudolph will have the edge of playing in the NFL for several years. And that's something that Kenny's going to have to adjust to. Now, I don't think Kenny's going to have, have as much of an adjustment problem with reading playbooks or understanding that. But I do think the spacing and the speed of the game is something that he's going to have to, to adjust to because Kenny Pickett was really great at hitting his deep ball against college defenses and college defensive backs. But in the NFL, those windows are going to be so much tighter. And it, it takes time to understand and trust your arm and trust your, your, you know, your, your, just the, the timing of everything when guys are faster, smarter, bigger, quicker, everything. And so I, I think that's going to be his biggest adjustment. I, I would say it's going to be a situation where he's going to – he's going to come in second in the quarterback race this year. 
They're going to put in Mitch Trubisky as the starter. And then as the season goes on, if things are going poorly, they'll give Kenny a look. If things are going well, they'll keep Mitch Trubisky on, and then they'll see about the quarterback battle next year. But I don't think it's going to be given to him, but I also don't think it's going to be a, hey, just sit this one out. We're just developing you this year. I I think they legitimately see this as a three-way quarterback battle going into camp. See, now you're talking my language. I love competition. Love it, love it, love it. But I also want to ask you about the upgrades to the wide receiver room. More importantly, uh, George Pickens, man. Just talk about him in a sense, man. What was your thoughts on that pick, man? What do you think his upside is going into this first season? I mean, I love George Pickens' hands. He might have had some of the best hands in the – he might have had the best best hands of 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 the class. Uh, when you look at the way he goes up against the football, he's not afraid to, to go up and to go up and, and win con, con, contact contested catches. He's, he's not afraid of contact. He's not afraid of blocking. He loves to be physical. I know some people look at like the fight he had against that Georgia Tech kid and, and say, "Oh man, he's unruly." But <laughs> is he really, or is that just him being feisty? And he had he had one bad moment in a rivalry game. Um, I don't. I see. I don't know. Um, I, I really. I really don't know about that. But I do know that this guy has, has really good speed. He's 6'3". He can go up and get it. He can be physical. He can help you in the run game with the blocking. There's a lot of aspects to him. I've, I've seen some people compare him to a, a hybrid of Heinz Ward and Martavis Bryant, which I'm like, okay, let's, let's calm down. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things put together. But I, I think he has the potential to be wide receiver one within a couple years. I think he also has the potential to be a top 10 wide receiver in a couple of years. And if Kenny Pickett can become the Steelers QB one, he'd be a heck of a dude to be able to throw some, some safety passes to her to some, or, you know, to be saying, Hey, I, we need a big play. Go get this for me. And uh, if he can translate what he did in college to the NFL, look out. I think that he's going to be dangerous. And I'm really interested to see how he fits with the rest of the receivers on this team. I also like the pick of Calvin Austin in the fourth round. True burner. Now you have a guy that, stre- that stretches the field. Their top four receivers looking solid right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they certainly, I tell you what, from where we were a few weeks ago to now, I think we all feel much better about the wild re- wide receiver room, um, the quality in there, the quantity in there as well, too. It's our buddy Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast with us here on SNR. CC, DeMarvin Leal, third-round selection. Um I, I want your thoughts on him, just you know, just an overview, your, your your thoughts on him. And do you think that signals anything as it relates to Stefan Tuitt's status? Is so he, I, it, you know, it. yeah, I think just yeah, sorry, you, I mean, you know where I was going there. Like, the, you know, does that does the Steelers not taking a, a, de, a defensive lineman in the first two rounds mean that they believe in Tuitt coming back? Does does Liao going in the third round maybe they're still sitting on that fence, to, or you just maybe think that there's there's nothing there? So I, I, there could be nothing there, but I was talking about this leading up to the draft and when they picked Leal, Leal, because when I looked at the situation, I was wondering, I'm like, man, all quiet on the Steelers front about Stephon Tuitt. They said he's doing well, but they're not going to comment on his status. Wouldn't it be a very Steelerific thing <laughs> to know that he's actually going to come back, but you're not going to say anything because you don't want people to know that you're not as concerned about interior defensive line. So then people think, oh, well, they're going to address that in the opening round, but uh, because they think that Tuitt might not be back. You leave that as a smokescreen, and the Steelers love NFL draft smokescreens. So they use that to their advantage. Maybe that is the case. Maybe that's not. But I'll tell you this, because some people think that drafting DeMarvin Leal is a – is a death sentence that means that, that Stephon Tuitt's definitely not coming back. I don't think that. Because when I look at Leal, he lined up 
two-thirds of his college snaps last year were either over the tackle or outside of the tackle. Hmm. That's not defensive tackle dude. That's not interior defensive line work like Stephon Tewitt's used to doing. To me, Leal is a tweener who they're gonna, I think they're going to have as a guy who can fill a spot on the interior defensive line depth chart while also potentially being a guy that helps on the edge a little bit to help spell uh, Highsmith and Watt when they need those downs. Now, they're going to need to see how he develops and if he translates well to the NFL. Um, but that's where I see him being. And because of that, that's not a pure replacement for Stephon Tewitt. That's not a guy that's a, that's a bruiser. He's not strong against the run. I think that that means that Stephon Tewitt is most likely coming back. In my book, I think that he's actually, that they, they have a good sense that he'll be on track to be ready for training camp and be back this season. But we'll have to see. Uh, we haven't heard anything yet. Um, and it, it is a major storyline in my book. All right, all right. I like it. I like it. But we also got to talk about the history that was made, being that the Pittsburgh Steelers now have four sets of brothers on <laughs> their roster. Talk to me about Connor Hayward, baby. Where do you see him fitting, and how do you see this thing playing out, man? Are we going to open up week one with all four sets of brothers here, or is somebody's brother going to be no longer a part of the brotherhood? Well, I, okay, because first about Connor Hayward, I love the pick. I, almost in every mock draft that I did, he was sixth or seventh round, he was there, and I was like, well, they're, they're just going to draft him. It's just going to happen. So if I didn't get one anything right, I got that right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you look at it, and, he's, and I said this even when I was watching him at Michigan State. I mean, he made a huge catch to, to beat Pitt in the Peach Bowl, uh, you know, and it was, it was a remarkable catch. This guy can go up and get the football. He's not really tall. That's the one drawback. I think if he was taller, he'd have been an, an actual like earlier day three pick in a lot of people's minds. But you look at his, you look at the, his skill set, his his, his strength, his, his sturdiness. I like the way that he runs the ball. I like the way that he can make people miss. I also like the way that he blocks. He's going to be a guy that they're going to plug in and say fullback, third tight end. I think that they're going to use his physicality. They'll love him on special teams, and he'll he'll make a way for himself on this roster. Now the the other question you asked. Most are all brothers going to make it? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. <laughs> because, because it sounds like you were just describing <laughs> what one brother does on this roster in terms of fullback, yeah. special teams. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, uh, kill it. Here's what I'll say. I think that Derek Watt still provides some functionalities they like there. The bigger question for me will be Trey Edmonds because he is the, the brother to Terrell Edmonds who sits there, and he's been that running back that's been kind of special teams and doing anything they ask him to do. And if, if Hayward can surpass him as a blocker, as a special teamer, as a guy that can, you know, protect the punter on, on, on punt plays, that to me is going to be the, probably the guy that gets bumped. I also might not expect both the, the Davis twins to be there. Um, one of them might make it, but, you know, I, I, I'd be very intrigued to see how that, how the DT situation plays out. And who knows, some of these guys may come back practice squad, but, um, those would be the guys that I'd be looking at. I think they still find a way to keep Watt around at least another year just to see. Because here's the thing is that with Hayward, they might plug him in at the third tight end spot and special teams and say, you're, you're cool there. And if Watt goes down, then you'll take his spot. But uh, I, I don't think that they're going to get rid of him just yet. They want to see what Hayward has first. It's going to be a fun training camp out in Lay Trobe. Our buddy Chris Carter with us here on the Steelers Blitz. CC. The draft done and dusted in the books. A you know, it's it always is. There's always a ton of storylines that that come from every draft. Your first round pick, you know, anything that might happen afterwards. But of course, a big part of this process, 
um, this year for the Pittsburgh Steelers has been, you know, the the arrival to the end of the road here in a, in a way for, for Kevin Colbert. He is retiring as a Steelers general manager. He's still going to be with the team in an advisory role. But this was, I believe, the 16th time him and Mike Tomlin have, have gone through this draft process together. You saw the emotion from Kevin Colbert uh, on Saturday night um, in, in just a, a great, I think, you know, moment there at, at Steelers HQ. Uh, what has Kevin Colbert meant to this franchise? And going forward, you know, I think it's it's got to be an added bonus to still have him involved, right? That was something that had been discussed and rumored, but now has been, you know, said publicly um, by himself and others. Uh, just your thoughts on Kevin Colbert and, and what's been the end of a 22-year run here in Pittsburgh. I mean, what can be said other than the man is a Hall of Fame? front office man, general manager, whatever you want to call him. I know his title has technically flipped, uh, you know, with the Steelers. But sure. this guy has brought two – I mean, his also his final, like, speech and everything that he did where he kind of started to, to break down a little bit and Mike Tom was telling him it's okay, brother. Like, him talking about when he got there, there were four Super Bowls and they added two to the case. What what can't you say about what he's done for the culture of the Steelers, what he's done as a, as a, as a manager, the people that he's brought into the organization, the, the great moments that have happened under his watch. He's done everything and more that you could ask for. If there's ever an, another an NFL GM out there, he's certainly on that list that deserves to go into the Hall of Fame. So, I mean, there's and, – and, and who knows, he might have set up the Steelers for their next run when you look at players that – you know, that like this offense, this offense is going to be extremely young. This offense is going to, could be really talented. You got Najee Harris and Pat Fryer who's already excited to be there. If Kenny Pickett becomes the next franchise quarterback, if George Pickens becomes the next number one superstar wide receiver for the Steelers, what could, what could be said about how he set up whoever is going to be his successor, you know, on top of, and even if that doesn't happen, he still has two Super Bowls, three AFC championships, and everything that the Steelers have done, he drafted Troy Polamalu, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, even though he ended up going crazy at the end. That's one of the greatest <laughs> picks of all time behind Tom Brady. Um, you know, what? There's, there's nothing that you can't say positive about Kevin Colbert and his time with the Steelers. And, uh, you know, it, it, you may have come to the end of the road, and it's tough that you, that you can't let go. And it's unnatural, <laughs> and you belong to me, and I belong to you. I'm playing. <laughs> It's going to be somebody out there like, man, Man's, I don't know how he came with that on the spot. This guy, he speaks just spitting, <laughs> amazing. Spitting Taylor Swift bars over there. Whoa, whoa, whoa did, did you Did you hear that nonsense that was just uttered by this West Virginia man? What is going on here? It sounded like a Taylor Swift song. I'm just saying. That is blasphemous. Lord have mercy. Boy, don't you talk like that up here with us, man. What the? What? Wait a minute, you uncultured heathen. <laughs> Taylor Swift, the voice of men. Get out of here. What is going on here? But, you know, going back to uh, Kevin Colbert, man, um, definitely uh, loved everything you laid out right there, man. I'm always very happy about him, man, because I'm a descendant of him in a sense, man. You know, I, I get to say that, you know, he 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 chose me too, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm a part of that legacy. So ha ha. Yes, shout out, yes, shout out to are, Kevin Colbert, baby. Shout out to the big man. But um, what I wanted to ask you, though, was – we're getting reports that Lewis Riddick is going to be scheduled for a second interview or a follow-up interview with the Pittsburgh Steelers for their general manager position. At this stage, um, with the new information and the various candidates that we've seen interviewed throughout the offseason, are you leaning one way or another now um, that may be differently than what you were a couple of months ago as we talked about the general manager position and who is going to fill that spot? 
I still feel it's going to be Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan just being promoted up the system. I think they're doing second interviews to just to, to go through the process. I think it's just it's part of what they've wanted to do this whole time. Um, the Steelers, they take advantage of these opportunities to get to know guys, to get closer to them, because you never know. You know, say your decision here, you think it's going to work, and it, it just becomes really bad. And then you're like, hey, you know what, Louis, we, we really liked you last time. We chose the guy that was in our organization. How about you come back for a second go-round? So I, I think it's good that they're doing a second round of interviews. I think it's good that Louis Riddick, Riddick is part of that. I have a lot of respect for Louis Riddick, um, not just as a pit man, but also as a, as a GM, as a guy who's been a really good media personality for years. Um, and a guy that I've actually learned a lot from when it comes to the football game, just studying the way that he covers it. So um, I, I think it's good that they're doing that. But, I, no, to answer your question, I still think this is all about Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan being promoted up. Again, Brandon Hunt's a guy. He learned under Bill Nunn. He, he, studied, he studied under him. He knows his story. Bill Nunn's the guy that helped build the, franch- build the franchise in the front office. He was also Kevin Colbert's right-hand man for several years. I think all of that adds up to he has the legacy, he has the knowledge, he has the tutelage. All that adds up to Brandon Hunt being the guy. But, hey, could be wrong. They may want to go in a different direction with Lewis Riddick. We'll find out uh, probably in another month or so. Oh, do you think think it'll be another month or so? Like you don't think we're going to get an announcement this week or anytime soon? Honestly, uh, Wes, the last time the Steelers looked for a GM, I was uh, in the fourth grade. So I don't know. Oh, Oh, no, that means I was was in like – the third grade. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no. I don't know That's what grade. I, I'm gonna leave what grade I was in out of this thing. You know what I'm saying? Just because I don't want Wes to say anything outlandish. No, no, no. Because Wes be saying outlandish stuff. Man, he called me old the other day. Like it was crazy. I was like, yo, I'm only like a couple years old. It's like I called, man, you, you, I called you football. I called you football. He's like, you, you know, he's like, you know, he said, you know, you old guys. I was like, what? He was like, you know, all them dudes would be, you know, 33, 34 years old, man. Like, geez, they're they're ancient in football. I was like, bro, chill. If you're older than me, you're old. Yeah, I mean, man. I'm just, I'm just so, so I'm, I'm just trying to prevent us from having tension in this room because sometimes, like I say, it just gets real outlandish. <laughs> well, speaking of which, D. Hev tweets us and says, Wes just got uninvited from the barbecue. <laughs> oh, no. Well, <laughs> great timing, too. As we enter the month of May, as we're about to be in barbecue season. Oh, what have I done? I've sabotaged myself. I mean, dude, you really said Taylor Swift. Oh boy! Listen, it was it was a joke. It was a joke. It, it had to be a joke. It had to be it had to be a jokey never, joke, right? I would never throw boys to men out there as an insult to someone. So it was a jokey joke. It was a jokey joke. I, I was Although, say it had I mean, to be a jokey joke. You know, you two Philly lovers. I, I'm with hoping the, with it's a jokey boys, joke. With the boys to men lyrics. I, 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 you know? Hey man, you, you, could you, two, you, two, you could do whatever you want to deflect. You two Philly boys. You could do whatever you want to deflect. But you said Taylor Swift out your mouth. Because when I hear emotional <laughs> lyrics, the joke automatically goes to Taylor Swift. It's just a joke, all right? I was clearly, I was clearly reading the lyrics to Boys to Men's End of the Road, Wes. You have no escaping this. <laughs> Yeah, a bunch of bunch of bunch of Philly lovers here in the studio. That's all I got. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm about to say, I'm just, just, I'm just keep deflecting, man. Sword. You just, just keep Philly, going with it, man. Philly lovers. Just keep going with it. Philly lovers, I tell you what. Chris Carter, he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Folks, if I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. If you're not subscribed to the Locked on Steelers podcast, well, hold on. I just got ahead of myself. I'm rattled. If you think you're a Steelers junkie, <laughs> And you're not subscribed to the Steelers podcast. Well, guess what? You're not a Steelers junkie. Our boy Chris Carter laying it down with a Steelers podcast every single day, Monday through Friday, throughout the entire year. He's not one of these guys who, you know, comes and goes. He's not one of these guys who's just talking during the season. Uh Uh-uh. 
Monday through Friday, the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter pumping out great content. Hey, I'll be on tomorrow's episode, so make sure you're subscribing wherever you get your podcast. CC, great stuff as always, partner. We appreciate your time as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, fellas. Wait, wait, can I get one question in the most real quick? Uh Uh-oh, here we go now. sure can. All right, Mo, you, you said before, if it was Malik Willis, it'd be Maserati Malik. I've been going through all my car names for K's and oh, P's. No. All I have is Pia Kenny and, and uh, not Punch Buggy, but, uh, oh, Prius, Prius or Porsche Pickett. What's, what's, the, what's the move there, man? I need, oh, I need some help with it. Oh, man. <laughs> well, hopefully it's Porsche Pickett and not. I would hope for the Porsche, but, yeah. but. A Prius is great for the economy, is great for the environment, is smooth, it's not flashy. I'd rather have a Pontiac than a Prius. It is super efficient. (laughs) So so you know what? We're going to go with Picket Prius. How, can we go Ooh, with the picket, picket Prius? The picket here, Prius. Get on board. You need it. Come on, baby. It, 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 it's great for That's the economy, right. great for the environment, man. <laughs> but it's smooth. It's not going to let you down. It's not going to break down. You can just keep going and going because he is a little older, right? But it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah, take away gosh. from his effectiveness. There you go. And, and better, that price is way too high for that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and Porsches, they, they get a little break. They, they break it, down a little bit. It better be picket PJ. All right. It better be the private jet. You, you asking with, for a lot. Oh, I like that. You asking like for a that. lot, though. With Kenneth Shane Pickett. You I mean, asking for a lot, man. Listen, my whole life I've been spoiled by Ben Roethlisberger. So, yeah, my standards are pretty high. Don't, don't blame me. Blame my environment. <laughs> the same reason I'm making Taylor Swift jokes. Blame my environment. Oh, Chris Carter. <laughs> Buddy, great stuff as always. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. See you, fellas. There he goes. I like it. I like it. One third of the Migos, our pal, your pal, Mr. Locked on Steelers, mm-hmm. Christopher Carter. I need to find out what his middle name is, too. Francis tweeted me the other day, by the way, and said, have you, have you found out what Moats' middle name is yet? I have not. Rachel. Arthur Rachel Moats. Arthur Boys to Men Moats. Ha ha. It's a great group. Arthur Philly Moats. It's a great state, great city. Great state. Hold on now. State of Pennsylvania, city in, you know, Philadelphia. I like it. Can't discriminate on it. You would. I got family there. Me too. Yeah. And remember, but but remember the difference between me and you is this. You are a self-proclaimed, like, diehard Stiller fan. Like, this is your team. I was not growing up. You were a cowboy lover. Absolutely. So I had to start my allegiance by playing here. And then getting paid here, and then staying here. Whereas, nice whereas you, I was they, born they, they, into they, it. I'm exactly, ba- I'm Bane. So, so the fact that you even entertained Philadelphia, that's what born I'm saying, man. I just it. think it's a little bit different when it's Listen, coming from you than from me. As a married man, uh-huh, all right, you uh-huh. know you got to make the in-laws happy. Ah, uh, now it's by, as a married what you man. What mean by entertain <laughs> Philadelphia? There's only one professional sports team in the entire world that I hate, and they are from the city of Philadelphia. I mean, I hear you, but I don't know if it's you as hear me, authentic. But you're not listening to me, Jimmy. I don't think it's as authentic because I look at how you, you know, but hold on, you, you got your Eagles with pride. I do know that's not true at all. Come on. Oh, man. I'm pr- I'm proud that my name you, that you, I got you, a shout out on a Super Bowl broadcast. But so that you been... represent them with pride. No, that could have yes, been that could have yes. been. Uh, I could have been working for the Arizona Cardinals. And but I'd but still you be weren't. Proud of that, but you, you weren't. Know? You were working for the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, you know. So that's just what it is. It is. It's, hey, you gotta make that's a living. You gotta make a living is. somehow. You well, you know well, you well, went to no, Buffalo. No, you went no. to AZ. You uh-uh, gotta make a living somehow. Baker Mayfield told me. You're not supposed to leave and go to the ops. Oh, I saw true. that already. That's true. Come on, if man. Do, I, I don't care about that job if stuff. If you do, yeah. you have to put your name out there, exactly. your middle name, in, yes. a, in, a, in a long yes. notes article. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on, man. I see how this works. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, Baker Mayfield ain't got no family to feed. <laughs> he ain't got no kids. Can't go to the ops. I'd rather not work before he, I go to the ops. He is married, though. Right. Young love. Isn't he? Is he married? I think he's married. He's either married or engaged. He's, yeah. I know, I know, yeah, yeah. I want to say he's married. But Don't think he has any kids. Yeah. Not yet. Ooh. Annie tweets us and says, how about Cadillac Kenny? And she also adds, the WV grad of me just threw up a little in my mouth. Ooh. <laughs> no, I do I do like the Cadillac. It was just, we had to stick, I thought it was like with the K or a P. That was that was the sure. way he was limited in the, uh, limiting Cadillac us. Cadillac Kenny yeah. does roll off the tongue nicely, Yeah, yeah, though. yeah. Does. He cares. Oh, I, I'm tripping. I guess, yeah, Cadillac, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, we spoke with a K. Better than a Prius. Yeah. Well, at least Prius starts with P. Better not so. be a Pontiac. What's wrong with a Pontiac? Nothing, actually. I was all this, all this car discrimination going on here, man. I know. That's that's rough. It's easy for you to say. I mean, you're driving the nicest car out of any of us. Oh, stop <laughs> that. Come on. We're going to take a break here. Oh, all these material things, <laughs> they do not matter, ladies and gentlemen. All cars get you where they need to go. That's all well, that matters. Most cars get you where you need to go. Well, some take a little bit of extra incentive to get you there, but they're going to get you there eventually. Yeah. We're going to get to your tweets eventually. On the other side, when we, we come go. back here in just a few minutes, <laughs> we'll also give some thoughts on uh, on a couple more of the uh, the draft picks that we have not yet st- dis- that we have not yet discussed. <laughs> Let's Sometimes go. laughing in here is bad. Sometimes we laugh too much, and then I got that grin thing going on, and I can't pronounce words. If you're not laughing, if you're not smiling, what are you doing? Arthur Motes, you come got, on, you man. Got, you got to stop being so funny over come there. Come on, man. Hey, listen, I, I'm not a funny guy. I'm a serious guy. Do I look, do I look funny to you? Do I like I tell jokes to you? Huh? You Denzel Washington. Huh? Do I look Zero. serious? Is this fun? Zero fun, huh? sir. You think yeah, oh, my, I'm a fun. funny guy? It used to be fun. I'm a funny guy now? Oh, you like think I, I'm funny? Like I amuse you like I'm a clown? I, I, I amuse you now. Oh, okay, now you catching on. All right, all right. Henry! <laughs> I don't shine shoes anymore. All right? <laughs> Great Christmas movie. No, without a doubt. We're going to take a break here. We'll talk to you in just a few minutes. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR.